This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Well, hello, everybody. We are here. It is only September when you're hearing this, if you're listening to it right away. But we are about to talk about Christmas. So get ready. Um, I am here with Kelly King, my co-host. Hey. I I feel like we should have Christmas music. I think we should have hot cocoa in our hands, all of that. Some jingle bells. Get us in the mood. Like maybe in the intro music i don't know i don't think we can work that out quickly enough but yeah so we are here with two of our coworkers, um, michelle freeman and raven McKelvey, and we are so excited to get to talk to y'all today um we are still recording from home everybody so just bear with us on all the like truck sounds and who knows what's going on um but we're thankful that y'all are patient with our uh sound expertise and lack thereof. So um, we are here with Michelle and Raven, and we wanted to talk to y'all today about the Advent Bible study that we all got to participate in. So we don't like to introduce people because sometimes that can be awkward. So we want y'all to introduce yourselves. So we can go with Michelle first and just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do at Lifeway, and um, also like your favorite Christmas tradition. Oh, okay. Um, I'm Michelle Freeman. So I am the publisher of B&H Kids here at Lifeway. So I acquire and create um, books that go out to the wider trade audience for everybody from little babies up through teens. So I have a um, blended family of seven now. So our favorite Christmas tradition, I think mine would be when every year our entire family goes and finds an afternoon to go to the tree farm and cut down a Christmas tree. So it's a, it's a pretty long drive, and we all have to squish into one car, but there's really some great memories uh, walking along in the rows of trees and deciding which one we're going to cut down. Some years we're getting rained on, some years we're freezing, and it's a five-minute deal. Uh, we always end up following up going to the nearby town. There's a couple, It's a tiny little town, and there's a couple of little quirky restaurants, and so we all share dinner. And it's, it's just a nice way to spend some time together and signal a start to the holiday season for us. So I always look forward to that. That's so fun. Raymond, tell us a little bit about, you know, what you do at Lifeway and maybe a favorite Christmas tradition for you. Yeah. Um, hey, I'm Raven McKelvey, and I'm a copywriter for Lifeway Kids. So um, kind of like Michelle, working with um, kids stuff, things all the way up through teens. And um, one of my favorite Christmas traditions, I also come from a big family. We have 10 kids in our family. And every Christmas Eve, all of us kids sleep in the same room. Um, And we just spend most of the night watching Christmas movies. Like, we usually don't sleep much. But um, it's just a fun thing. And as we get older, we, like, wake up and our bones are aching. And we just are like, man, we're too old to sleep on the floor. But um, we just enjoy it so much. And it's just a good time for us to spend together as a family um, all 10 of us in a room. So that's just one of my favorite things during Christmas time. That's so yeah. fun. That's so fun. And 10 kids. Wow. That's, that's a, yeah. that's a houseful. <laughs> sure. yeah. That's fun. Elizabeth, what about you? What, what's your a favorite Christmas tradition? 
So my family, we put up the Christmas decorations at my parents' house every year the day after Thanksgiving. And we have this one Christmas album that we have been listening to my entire life as we put up the Christmas tree. And it was actually a, a CD that was put together by, or it was, it was a cassette tape at the time, that was put together by Avon. My mom worked for selling Avon for a while. Oh, yeah. So it's like a, it's a compilation album of a bunch of different singers, but um, and then there's uh, John Denver and the Muppets seeing the 12 Days of Christmas on that tape. We've since upgraded to iTunes. Like, I bought all the songs on iTunes. But uh, my dad and I usually do a dance to that song every year while we're putting up the Christmas tree. So that's one of my favorite traditions. Okay, so we might need... What about you, Kelly? Oh, uh, we might need video of that. And, you know, I, I mean, our family has a <laughs> lot of traditions. And I think music is one of those things that kind of, like, it takes you right back to Christmas. Like, you just, when you hear it, and or it kind of takes you back to some memories and stuff. But... Um, probably Christmas stockings are kind of a favorite tradition. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know a lot of, you know, a lot of people do stockings, but that's always just a fun part of the morning and has become a, just a favorite tradition, I guess. It'd be fun. Yeah, that's fun. So one of the things that we wanted to talk about with, even though it's not really, it doesn't feel Christmassy outside, but uh, is the Advent study that we did this year. So if you listen to the podcast for a long time, you know, we did an Advent study last year called Advent. <laughs> and this year we are calling it O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. So we took the hymn or the Christmas carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and kind of based the study off of that. Um, and we all four had an opportunity to write for this study. So we wanted to talk a little bit about Advent, like the study itself, and then also what everybody wrote for the study. So, Raven, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about what you, how you contributed to the Advent study this year. Yeah. Um, so I got God is wisdom. So I was writing about God is wisdom. Um, and it was just honestly such a sweet time for me to study that um, and kind of dive into what that means that God is wisdom. And so just through writing it um, kind of came to three points that God's wisdom is intimate and his wisdom delights in us and that his wisdom is merciful. And so um, I just kind of dove into those things and how that comes to bear on every aspect of our lives and ultimately how we relate to God um, as one of his attributes is wisdom. So that's a little bit of what I wrote about. I love that. And I think this... With the O Come, O Come, Emmanuel theme, we kind of got the opportunity to explore some attributes of God um, through the different names of Jesus that are listed in the song. And so that was a really interesting. I got to write the introductions for each week of study. And so I got to kind of like explore all those on a micro level, but I'm definitely looking forward to diving deep into what everybody's perspective was on that attribute. Yeah. And you know, one of the things, Elizabeth, that I found from last year and that people kind of said in response to what we did is I think they were a little like, wow, this was a deep dive. Like this was a, this yeah. was a study. This was not a reading plan. This was really getting you in scripture. And I think even I was just looking at the lyrics earlier of the of O Come, O Come Emmanuel. And there are some, it is deep and it is so appropriate for 2020. And if you know anything about publishing, those things are planned way in advance, way in advance of a pandemic, um, way in advance of strife that is dealing with racial reconciliation. But when you look at 
the desire of nations, things like that. That mm-hmm. those were things that I that really struck out. You know, I, I mean, I just as I looked at the lyrics again this week of, wow, this is so appropriate, and I'm so glad that God ordained that, that this would be our study this year. And um, Michelle, I know you did. We I, I love that we have activities in the books. And so, um, Michelle, you did the teen activities, which aren't always the easiest to, to write. So, you, so tell us a little bit about like what people can expect with the teen activities. Yeah. It, you know, writing for teens is always a fun challenge. They easily spot when we're being cheesy or when we're trying to have a teachable moment. But I think deep inside, I have three teenagers right now myself. And um, I think deep inside, they really do love the moments when they can connect with their families and with their parents, they might not admit it. Um, so I think I was trying to look at, like you said, this was an um, amazing um, time to de- I dug into all this before the pandemic started. Looking right. back at it now, it's just um, very purposeful. And I think the Christmas season alone gives us some really interesting opportunities for conversations with our teens that I hadn't thought about before, but basing it on these names of Jesus um, and having some activities around there, I tried to come up with some activities that would be really easy. And like one of them was just having a conversation with your teens about loneliness. And that can be really um, in the forefront of their minds during the Christmas season. Suicides are up during the holidays. So having a talk about loneliness and what the word Emmanuel means and that God is with us and reminding them of that and then brainstorming with them all the ways that um, God has been with them through their lives. Or maybe one activity that I really liked for when you're talking about what what day spring means. Um, have a have a candlelight dinner, turn off all the devices, put some candles on, roast some mini marshmallows with the candle. They might think it's cheesy, but it would be memorable. And then talk about how Jesus is the dawn and the light and the day spring. Um, and then Desire of Nations was another one. The activity I recommended was going together. This was pre-pandemic and trying an international restaurant that you haven't tried before. Um, something that's really new and interesting or trying a recipe at home, maybe something you can't even pronounce and having fun, maybe making that as a family or just serving it and then bringing up the conversation about Jesus is the desire of all nations. And let's talk about how as we eat this, there are people all around the world. There are brothers and sisters in Christ who are sharing um, this same season with us and celebrating Jesus with us. And so hopefully some easy activities just to make us be a little bit more purposeful with our time with our teens during Christmas. Yeah, I think that's one of everybody's favorite aspects of our Advent study is that there are activities for teens, like you talked about. We also have activities for kids. So if you have younger children, um, it's kind of ways to point them toward these different names and attributes of of Christ. And then um, we also have activities for adults. So if you don't have kids at home, or even if you do, and you want to invite some friends over, they're usually very like low key as far as it's not like, let's all gather around and share prayer requests. It's more like we're going to make a wreath or, and I don't even know what the activities are this year. um, But last year, one of them was make a wreath. And so that that gives an easy entry point to invite 
some people over this year. It would have to be safely invite people over, maybe, you know, on, on your back porch or something. Um, if you live in a warmer climate. I was going to say, unless and, you're in the snow, you know, snow areas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have to think even more creatively this year through a lot of these things. But it, it's just an easy way to invite some people over. And maybe we give some little discussion points where you can kind of start to have gospel conversations while you're working on these activities together. Or you may just do them by yourself. Like, have a little craft night at home, especially if we're still quarantined, you may be running out of like shows to watch. So here's some activities to do. Um, But yes, I think this is such a good thing. And that's one of the things that you said, Michelle, is like, we're pointing everybody toward Christmas and why we're celebrating Christmas. And that's really the point of Advent. Um, We may not, may or may not have grown up using that term. And so I think it's something that we, um, sometimes need to explain, but it's basically the anticipation of Christ's first coming. And in that, we also anticipate Christ's second coming as believers. Um, so like we said, we decided to use the hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, as a launching point for this year's study. And we take each verse and the names for Christ to talk about what Jesus's incarnation means for us today. So maybe it's the one that you wrote about, Raven, or maybe it's a different one. But uh, were any of these names for Christ, and I'll run down, it was Emmanuel, Dayspring, Wisdom, and Desire of Nations. Did any of them kind of stand out to you in a way or strike you differently as you looked at them through the lens of like Christmas this year? Yeah, um, I think Desire of the Nations is a big one, especially with just what's going on in the world. Um, with COVID, this is a worldwide thing. Um, it's affecting everybody. And you just see kind of um, people being shaken up in the um, body of Christ kind of being stirred up, just remembering our call um, to share the gospel and what um, what we are looking forward to, which is the second coming of Christ. And so I... Um, I really feel like that has just resonated with me that um, Jesus is the desire of the nations and, um, and kind of just reawakening to um, that desire for Christ. And then also sharing Christ with those who don't have them, don't have him um, because they desire Christ, even if they don't know it. Um, So yeah, that was such a big one for me, especially in this season. Yeah. What about you, Michelle? Was there one that just, you know, maybe right now is significant for you? Um, Yeah, I already mentioned Emmanuel, but kind of looking at it in a different perspective because of this year. um, You've heard so much talk about loneliness and um, people who are, my my father is in his upper 80s and he's been alone for months now and only sees people when I go take his medicine. So um, there's a different um, definition of loneliness right now. And a lot of people are lonely who never thought they would be that way. So in a time in the last few months when we've had to spend so much more time alone, away from so many people that we love and away from just basic human act- interaction that we took for granted. Um, I loved, I think this year, I've loved thinking about it. And I think this year at Christmas, if we're still in this situation, being reminded um, of Emmanuel and that um, God is with us is going to be um, a really special encouragement, um, that just constant reminder that we're never alone, that we weren't placed here on an island and the word became flesh and it um, came here to live among us. And that's um, something that feels a lot different this year. And um, 
much more closer to my heart than it has in years past. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Elizabeth, let's not forget us. Well, what, 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 do you, what would you say? You want to pick the same one, a different one? Yeah, I was thinking Emmanuel too. I've talked about it a little bit about how, um, I think I talked about it on the Angie Smith episode about how it stri- it just kind of strikes me differently this year because of we have not been, we're not able to touch people. We're not able to like really be around a lot of people. And it's so that we don't spread disease, which is such an interesting aspect of Jesus coming down and being one of us and being among us. And um, I was just reading recently and I can't remember where, so I'm sorry for whoever said this first, but they were talking about how often Jesus touches people in scripture and how much like he, instead of just saying the words, which he could have done, he leans down and spits in the sand and touches the man's eyes or he, you know, he's very, um, physical touch may have been one of his love languages. I guess he had all the love languages, but <laughs> he is uh, love. Remember, you know, God is love. Right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just struck me anew, but also day spring is another one that I feel like has really, um, come to play, especially even in the last few weeks. I don't, I think I, I don't, not sure if I mentioned this on the podcast, but my house has been getting, um, has been the electricity has been cutting out a lot at my house. It's a whole like issue with the neighborhood wiring. I don't fully understand it, but it has just been, I've been completely in the dark several times this year, um, which is fascinating on a number of levels. But I just, I really feel that moment. Like Michelle was talking about with the candles, like it is, he is the day spring. He's the morning that comes day after day. Um, We can be sure of that. And I think it's Micah 6, 3 that says he is as sure as the sun. Um, So even though we don't know anything else that's happening in this world, we know that the day spring will come again. We know that the dawn will come again. And so in this era of being very uncertain in these unprecedented times, that is very precedented. We know that his mercies are new every morning and he is sure. Yeah, that was actually the one. I think that was... uh, I. What wrote during the week of day spring and oh, when yeah. you look at the the lyrics and uh, because these just i mean we don't always read like you might know the first part or the first verse of a christmas hymn right. but we don't always see everything but it says oh come thou day spring come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight and i just i mean that really does speak to we um we know people, we know of people who have passed away from, from COVID and the pandemic. And we just, death seems to be um, a prevalent theme throughout 2020. And just, but to know the promise of the Lord, to know that he will disperse the gloomy clouds, that he is light, yes. that, that Jesus is the light of the world. And I remember Anne Graham lots one time just talking about that no matter how dark things are and no matter what, you know, what the darkness looks like, one one just little bit of light overcomes darkness. Light always overcomes darkness. Mm-hmm. And that's such a, um, a reminder to us as believers that we are the light, that we carry that light with us. And so uh, what a great time for us. I mean, it really does kind of bring that whole symbolism of, of candles and Christmas candles and light yes. even more meaningful. I think that's 
that's really um, important. And, you know, it, Christmas is going to look a little different for some people who are listening to this podcast right now. Uh, some of them yeah. may have already spent some significant time at home. And it, like, you know, Michelle, you've talked about loneliness. That's huge. And we may, we may not have everyone around the Christmas table um, because we may still be needing to just be careful with elderly people, things like that. Um, so how, how can we encourage women to still celebrate and, and anticipate the season, even in the midst of what we've endured? And that Christmas may look a little different this year. I'll let anybody answer that one. It was making me think of um, a Christmas when I was a kid, when I was around 14, and my family moved into a rental house while we were building a new home. So all of most of our belongings, including our Christmas decorations, were packed up. So that year, everything was different. And we just um, cut down this ugly little cedar tree from a friend's farm. And my dad shot some mistletoe out of a tree. And I strung popcorn to decorate the tree and made aluminum foil stars, and it was all haphazard, and it was not photo-worthy at all, but I remember that Christmas more than anything because it was so different, and I was thinking about that for this year. I think this year is going to be memorable, whether we like it or not. It is going to look different, most likely, <laughs> but I don't think that has to be a bad thing. Um, I think we just need to maybe spend some more time thinking, how do we want to feel at the end of the season? Um, where, where do you want to be on, on January 2nd? Do you want to be able to say, um, you know what I spent, I feel a lot more closer to God and my family than I was before. I feel relaxed. I feel rejuvenated. What, how do you want to feel? And then backtrack and think, what can I do this year through Christmas? That'll get me there. And, um, one idea I was thinking about which is not connected to our faith in any specific way, but I heard on another podcast recently that in order to try to, what we really want this year's connection more than for me, at least I don't want gifts. I more want connection because I've been missing that with so many people. And so if you think about, okay, we're going to put aside the picture perfect Christmas scenes and we're going to instead think about an imperfect yet thoughtful connection. That's going to take some more creativity maybe this year. So the idea on that podcast was, if there's a group of friends or family members that you usually get together with and maybe you can't this year, you send them all a small gift that would be like a sensory experience. And then you get on a video call and you all open the gift together. And so say it's like some homemade chocolate chip cookies. You open them together and you all eat them at the same time. And then you know we're all tasting and smelling the same thing right now while we talk. Or maybe it's a scented candle and you all light it at the same time with your with your girlfriends around the country or wherever. And then you've got that shared sensory experience that kind of makes it a little bit more than just a video call. And, and what that podcaster was saying is hopefully it'll help us connect in a different way and look forward to some new traditions possibly. And no matter what, it's probably going to stick out in our minds as memorable because it's so different. So if we think of this as a, maybe a year for some new opportunities and maybe a year to step back from the hype and all the busyness of Christmas and to instead focus on how we want to feel and how much we want to focus on the Advent and focus on Christ. It might be more possible this year because we're not going to be as busy. At least that's my hope. True. <laughs> True. Raven, have you thought about that? Like just, you know, how you would encourage women to celebrate? Yeah. Um, I think just very similar to Michelle, um, making every moment possible, just special. Um, 
even if it's not exactly what it usually looks like. And I think you really hit on something there when you're saying we're not as busy. And so we are, I feel like every Christmas, um, we as believers are kind of trying to be like, okay, let's remember the reason for the season. And um, we just continue to say that. And I think this year, it really will be a time to remember the reason that we celebrate every year because there won't be um, as many opportunities for the busyness and the other things that are great and fun but um, can kind of distract. And so bringing the focus back to Christ, um, back to um, our purpose and what we're living for, and then just those moments that you do get with the people who you are able to be around, just making those times special um, and really enjoying that um, in any way that you can, even if it is through a Zoom call or um, if there's just one or two people around, just making all those little moments special. I love that you both have just talked about being intentional and purposeful and you know maybe it will take a little more creativity but even Michelle what's some that's some great ideas that you just threw out there so I bet there's going to be some chocolate chip cookies being eaten by zoom calls this year yeah it sounds good doesn't it it does sounds good yes and I I think too this is an opportunity to I know I've heard a lot of people say I just kind of wish sometimes I could just like rip up my December calendar and just throw it out the window well, now you can. Yeah, you have permission. <laughs> there probably won't be as much going on this year. So I think, yeah, like, like you both said, just taking the opportunity that we might normally be too busy doing all good things, Christmas concerts, baking parties, all these different things, and instead being very intentional about um, celebrating the, the reason for the season, as Raven said, but also just spending the time intentionally with the people that you are able to be with and, um, just kind of make every day a celebration. <laughs> well, and, and even if there are listeners out there who, you know, maybe you've had someone in your family who has passed away this year, mm-hmm. and maybe you didn't get a chance to even honor them or celebrate them in the way that you had hoped or the way that normally we would have had maybe. I, I know several people have not had memorial services the way that they wish they yeah. could have. And, and so Christmas could be a really good time for you to go around the table and share memories of, of special people and the things that, and the reason they have been important in your life. And I, I think we'll, we'll look at each other a little differently this year. Yeah. That's a great idea too. And even you can even just like share some old Christmas traditions like we did and what it is always surprising to me sitting around with family or friends, what different people mark as a special thing. Um, Cause my favorite tradition is very different from even my sisters and we grew up doing the wow. same things. So it is always fun to say, like to listen to, and hear that. Cause sometimes there's always like one person that's like, my favorite tradition is this random thing that we did this one time. And everybody else is like, what? I don't even remember that. You know? And if, and if you do it one time, is it a tradition? Well, I guess you know? maybe it wouldn't be a tradition then, but <laughs> favorite memory. Know. Some people might. Yeah. 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 So, yes. Um, well, speaking of like traditions and things that we remember, since this is the March podcast, we like to ask a question each episode about what has marked you. But this time we thought we'd put a little twist on it since we're thinking about Christmas. So what Christmas hymn or carol has marked you in your faith or even in how you appreciate the Christmas season? And we can start with Raven this time. Yeah, Um so for me, it's Mary Did You Know, which I don't know how popular that one is or not. But um, since I was a kid, we 
have listened to Mary Did You Know probably like every day of December leading up to Christmas. We just <laughs> love that one. Um, and my dad sings and he um, he is also a pastor. So he would um, sometimes sing it on Sunday mornings leading up to Christmas. And it just has such good memories. And And then just growing up and hearing the lyrics and realizing, wow, Mary um, gave birth to the Son of God and knew she gave birth to the Son of God, but um, didn't know ahead of time all these things that Jesus was going to do and all these miracles, all these wonderful things. And I think um, just giving hope to us that there's so many things that the Lord is going to do in and through us. and if we could look back even on things that happen and it's like, man, I didn't know that this situation was going to turn out for this kind of good or that um, this thing happening was going to lead me here um, or strengthen my faith, all these kind of things that, you know, we don't know when we're in the midst of it. But when we look back, we see the way that the Lord has used it for good. And so it's just such... Um, such a good song that I just love listening to um, so many memories and then also that hope um, and just saying like, wow, Lord, I'm excited to see what you're going to do in this season and in the years to come. What about you, Michelle? Okay. Raven, you and I are kindred souls today <laughs> because out of all the Christmas songs I could have mentioned, that was wow. the one. I was like, wow. And I went and looked at my <laughs> playlist. So I was like, what do I listen to at Christmas? Um, but when I was thinking about it, growing, my experience was different than yours because growing up, I listened to like Bing Crosby and Nat King Cole at Christmas. It's kind of like what Elizabeth did. It wasn't the real faith-based things. And those songs are all very nostalgic to me, but they don't like tug at my soul at all. And so I was a full-fledged adult by the time I heard Mary, Did You Know? And that one just stops me in my tracks still every year. And I, it's interesting hearing, I love the words that you said about it because um, I think about it differently, but you made me even take it to a different depth. But I think um, as a mother for the last two decades, I, I put myself in the place of Mary and think about what that moment might have, have been like for her and just how overwhelming, like you said, how overwhelming it would have been even though she didn't know really what it was all going to look like. And it, it just really draws me into the reality of that earthly time when Jesus actually took on human flesh. And it's, I, I think we just, we get wrapped up in Christmas and we don't think about this was a, a real mother, a real woman, a real baby. Um, there, there were smells and sights and sounds. And I just, it helps me think about what it was, might've actually been like. And like you said, some of those lyrics, when, it says, um, the child that you delivered will soon deliver you. I think that's clear. I mean, that is just, it's, there's such magnitude to that to think about how the savior had actually come. And so as I'm reminded of what that might've been like for Mary, I'm just humbled by what that moment still means to me today. So when I hear that song this year, I'm going to think of you Raven and we can enjoy it together. Yes, (laughs) I love that. Yes, I don't know I if either of y'all have ever heard Andrew Peterson's Labor of Love, but oh. it's kind of a similar um, theme because it's talking about Mary. And one of the things they say is, um, one of the lyrics is, it was not a silent night. And I think that we forget that when we sing these hymns, which are great hymns, there's nothing wrong with them, but it makes us not realize 
that Mary was a real person and most likely like a teenager who is experiencing something that no one has ever experienced before or after. And I just can't imagine that for sure. Just mentioning that, you know, behold the lamb of God. I didn't really know much about that until I moved to Nashville a few years ago. And that was the thing at Christmas. Everyone said, you have to go see Andrew Peterson. Like this will become your annual tradition in Nashville to do. And so last year I was like on the spot trying to get tickets. uh, And I, it was sold out like within minutes, the one at the Ryman. So we went to Knoxville and it was still just as good and just as meaningful. But now it has become ingrained in me, you know, Elizabeth, I think you and some other others are just like Christmas until you go, you know, here, but you know what? You can download the, hit the music, behold the lamb of God. Which I uh, think is what we're going to have to do this year is just pretend. But if you ever get the opportunity to see that at the Ryman, it's a different experience. And that would probably be, um, some of the songs that Christmas songs that have meant a lot to me in my faith is the album. Cause if you're not familiar, he kind of goes through the Christmas story starting with Passover in the old Testament. And so there's um, a song called deliver us, which is talking, which is similar to, it's kind of funny cause it's on theme with what you pointed out about Mary. Did you know, but it's um, the Israelites just talking about deliver us, deliver us from these chains. And, um, and it's very haunting the way the music is. And it just kind of reminds you of how long everyone waited for this savior for Emmanuel. Um, and so that's definitely one of my favorites. And I also love, he does Matthew's begats, yes, which is so one fun. of my favorite songs. <laughs> so he just like sings the genealogy, which is so great. And I need to, I want, really want to memorize that song so I can sing it as fast as he does. Okay, Elizabeth, that'll be you and I's challenge. We're going to learn that song this year and we'll hold each other accountable. If we can memorize the genealogy from Matthew one, that would be amazing. There we go. There we go. There we go. Well, this is, <laughs> I expect to hear you guys. On a podcast <laughs> yeah. singing Let's do it. Well, we're going to definitely put some of these things in the show notes and we'll definitely put a link to find the study. But if you want to go right now, go to lifeway.com forward slash Emmanuel. And that's with an E. Sometimes we spell it with an I, but Emmanuel E-M-M-A-N-U-E-L. And you can find the study there and just study along with us. And just know that this whole study was written by women who work at Lifeway, who, who love our customers and love the word of God. And so we are so excited that you get, you know, to offer this to you as, as something that you can use to prepare your heart for, for Advent and for Christmas. And so thanks for being with us again today. And thank you, Raven and Michelle. It was so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you both. Yeah, thank you. You bet. Well, we will we will talk to you all soon. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heinemann. Use the hashtag MarkPodcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at lifewaywomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.